This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Tuesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, we are finishing our parenting series covering type one and what to keep in mind when it comes to parenting as your type. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is I made myself an iced mocha today, and it is delicious. I just mixed a spoonful of cocoa powder with maple syrup and like a tablespoon of hot water, and then I put a little bit of sea salt and then added in my espresso before pouring it over an iced glass of milk, and I am thrilled. So good, so easy, thrilling. (laughs) My thorn is that I am once again writing from my side porch in my special happy chair, but I can hear the thunder in the distance, so I know this is going to be short-lived, but maybe not, but probably but I'm going to get the absolute most out of this time today because this chair is bringing me life, you guys. Like it is everything I hoped it would be and more. My bud is, well, okay. Let me know on Instagram if you relate to this, but in our marriage, one of us, me, is the more action-oriented type. So I'm going, I'm like ready to go, get things done, which means I can often rush the decision-making process, which isn't really perfect either. My husband is a withdrawing type who would rather never make a decision ever, especially if it involves money or something stressful. Like the man just shuts down. It's like watching an animated toy run out of batteries. Like as we're talking, he's like powering down. So. I have come up with a solution that I'm pretty proud of where I bring up the topic and when the batteries start going out, I say, can we set a time in the near future to talk about this? That way he has time to think it through without me rushing it and I have time to think it through, let's be honest. But I also know that a decision's gonna be made eventually. With that being said, in our marriage, I also say, if we can't come to a solution together at that time, then I'm going to just make a unilateral decision for us so that we can keep things moving because otherwise we might just never do anything ever. (laughs) So that's kind of the way that I've been able to kind of keep that balance going. I tell you that as my bud, because we have some summer vacation plan decisions that need to be made and tomorrow is the day that we set. And so I know that those decisions are going to be handled tomorrow one way or another. And I am really looking forward to that, just kind of closing that little tab in my brain that can't stop thinking about it until it goes away. 
Okay, let's get into today's episode. If you're new to this series, a quick refresher. For each type, we do a brief overview of the Enneagram type, strengths in parenting, areas to watch out for, and tips for an easier time. I will be heavily referencing the book Know Your Parenting Personality, although most of these thoughts come from my own brain. If you do want a parenting book on the Enneagram, I do recommend Know Your Parenting Personality by Janet Levine, which you can find linked in our show notes. Today we are discussing Enneagram Type 1. As a reminder, Enneagram 1s are the perfectionists or reformers of the Enneagram. They are motivated by being a good person and fear being corrupt or evil. The message they have received is that the world is a broken place and it is their job to fix it. Now, I'm going to share strengths and things to look out for, but I want to be clear that these are levels of health, so we can experience both the strengths of these things and the lower ends of these things in a given day, and they're often two ends of the same coin. Your strengths can also be the areas that don't serve you if used in the wrong time or the wrong place. So that's kind of how these come into play. So your strengths, kind of the natural one strengths as parents are that they're detail-oriented, they're trustworthy, They're often focused on improving themselves and the world. They take on causes that matter to them. They help to improve things, whether that's your house, your relationship, your the world around them. They are going to keep improving it. They're decisive and instinctual, and they have a strong moral compass. Now things to look out for. Pay attention if to if you're focusing more on what could be improved than the good that is already there. Type 1s may struggle with black and white thinking, kind of rigid, right and wrong, good and bad. They may be inflexible. They may sometimes express, maybe not even feel, but express a sense of moral superiority. Oftentimes their anger, although they may not think they're expressing it, it comes out through irritation or resentment. And their inner critic, which can lead to really intense parenting guilt or overflowing into criticism to the world around you. So how do we work with this information to do less harm to ourselves and to our little ones? First, I wanna reiterate here for our ones that your strengths are also the areas that don't serve you when used in the wrong way or at the wrong time. So I wanna look at a few of the amazing type one strengths and through that we can get into when it doesn't always help. So the first thing is your inner critic. So your inner critic for most type ones has served as this sort of Jiminy Cricket character on your shoulder telling you what is good and bad, right and wrong, where things could be improved, how you could be doing better. It can be confused for a friend who's looking out for you in your best interest, when in reality it's not really that friendly, is it? It's often the very source of shame or guilt or pain. And there are two ways in which the inner critic doesn't serve you in parenting. First, it tells you that you're never doing enough, which feeds the part of you that feels it can never rest, which makes you overburdened, which leads to resentment, which leads to making imperfect parenting decisions, which leads to guilt that tells you you're never doing enough, and the cycle goes on. Instead, focus on the areas of parenting that you are doing well. Pay attention to how you speak to yourself about your parenting style. And instead of seeing yourself as falling short, see yourself as using your strengths in the wrong place at the wrong time. The second way that the inner critic doesn't serve you is that it overflows into the world around you. Everyone's inner critic is going to have a different voice, of course, but I've heard it described as a voice following you around telling you how you could improve at all times. 
Now this voice feels natural to you. It can feel like the way you assume everyone views the world and therefore you may think that not only are people potentially just ignoring right and wrong, good and bad, or how to do things more thoroughly, but also they like you would want to know if they were doing something that could be seen as foolish or wrong. The trouble is that when we aren't conscious of this, we may unknowingly be making our children feel as though they can't get anything right or like you always see something they could be doing better, and that can send the message that they are not enough. We're gonna unpack this a bit more as we continue on with the other points. So point two, seeing how things could be improved. Being able to see how things could be improved is lovely and wonderful and does really take things from good to great. Now, when the skill is used without being asked, or if it's used in place of encouragement or in without encouragement involved, it can look like criticism or standards set so high that no one can live up to them. I recommend asking before giving advice. So if you see your child working on a school project and you see how it could be better, ask for consent before speaking anything over them. It can sound as simple as, let me know if you want some support. I'll be in the living room. Or then when they ask, then when they ask, say, what kind of support can I offer? Would you like advice, helping hands, or a listening ear? This preserves your child's sense of autonomy and self-belief while also opening up room for your very valuable feedback should they desire it. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Number three, being a good person. <laughs> so type ones tend to have a very clear sense of what it means to be a good person. They may view the world in black and white, right and wrong, and do their best to live a life with impeccable integrity. This is lovely and quite frankly, inspiring. It also doesn't always serve them. One way in which this is tricky with parenting is that our children may not view the world in the same way. And if we wanna keep the doorway to relationship open with them, it is important that we are able to hold space for their point of view, while also reassuring them that we see them in a positive light. Additionally, as your children make mistakes, you will have an easier time showing them love without condemnation if you have already opened up to the inevitability of gray area behavior. In fact, the quickest way to do this is to offer yourself forgiveness for your own gray area behaviors. So when have you made choices that were less than ideal and can you offer yourself forgiveness for those things in preparation for the inevitability of all children to make mistakes or to do things that you don't see as ideal? Number four, explore and express your anger and resentment. 
type ones are in the anger triad, but they rarely feel comfortable expressing their anger. They may push it down for a polite smile, or they may express it as irritation or resentment for feeling like they are the only adult in the room. Now, I can empathize with this greatly because that feeling that you have to step up and make sure that things are being done correctly, and I'm curious if you can remember a time in childhood where you felt as though you had to grow up faster than you were prepared for, where you felt like you needed to create your own set of rules and expectations because you weren't sure that someone else would do that for you. A time when as a child, you felt like the only adult in the room. Now, if that's the case, when that anger arises, I'm curious how it would feel to ask that little kid in you what they need in order to feel like a kid again and give that to them. Now, additionally, it's beneficial to find an anger moving practice, some regular exercise or activity that allows your anger to flow, whether that's running, kickboxing, writing angry letters, stomping around your house, punching pillows, Letting the anger move through you is the quickest way to releasing the tension that you are likely carrying around with you through the lack of expression. Number five, the details. Ones are beautifully detail-oriented. It's a skill that I greatly admire. However, it can be a source of guilt or stress for them in the parenting arena. If you are already a parent, I imagine this is a lesson you've already learned. As parenthood seems to kick this one out of us, but it's so important to pick your battles. Yes, you can do it all perfectly, but you will be so unhappy in the process. So you can go fully organic and homemade, waste-free, cloth diapers, volunteer for the PTA, donate to organizations that you believe in, volunteer your time in your kid's classroom, make their clothes, try to maintain a clean home where everything is in its place, all while never stepping foot into a McDonald's, but at what cost? Yes, there is a quote-unquote perfect way to do everything, but trying to do everything perfectly will only leave you burnt out and resentful and will likely be the number one reason that you don't have time and energy to really be present with your kids. So what do we do instead? We pick one, two, maybe three areas that we are going to take seriously. Maybe we are set on organic, but we don't do homemade. Or maybe we are set on homemade, but recognize that organic isn't a perfect qualifier anyway. Maybe we do takeout three times a week and do homemade the rest. Allowing room for things to be imperfect isn't lowering your standards. In fact, it's actually creating space for you to have the mental and emotional capacity to engage lovingly with your children. The more things you allow to be good instead of great, the more time and energy you are likely to have for the ones that matter to you. All right, number six and our final one is feedback. So when I'm in corporate trainings, I talk about feedback styles, how we give and how we receive feedback. And I think for type ones, this is a large part of the parenting process and what I'd like for you to keep in mind. So typically type ones give feedback frequently, specifically, and on small errors and they receive feedback with a lot of pushback and heartache. You may already have a sense of how this could impact your parenting relationship, but let's get into it. When we give feedback frequently, specifically, and focused on small errors, we create a culture where people feel as though they can't get things right. They are being graded on everything they do, and they are always falling short. 
this happens honestly because the type ones fear putting something out into the world that could make them look like they weren't thorough. And so as a way of giving the love they think they want to receive, they give frequent bouts of feedback specifically on ways that you could improve as a way to prevent your inevitable humiliation. <laughs> so instead, it's important that we speak belief into our children, tell them what they are doing well, and offer criticism when asked, as we kind of discussed before. Otherwise, their inevitable mistakes aren't ours to prevent. They were allowed to be imperfect, just like I hope you were learning that you were allowed to be imperfect. In fact, some things that you may see as imperfections could be the very things that they end up being successful for. For example, I have my dream job because I created an Instagram account that wasn't an easy yes at the beginning. Some people didn't think it would work or that it was the right name or the right branding, but I trusted myself enough to do it anyway and it made my dreams come true. Now, when in the corporate training, I talk about feedback for ones in a very specific way. I remind them of the inner critic and how type ones have a voice in their head that is watching their every move and critiquing the way that they show up. So when they are given feedback that something about that wasn't enough or a detail was missed, it's like getting hit from both sides. Now in parenting, especially as we consider our relationship to adult children, the most loving thing we can do is receive feedback from them well. Trust them when they tell you what has hurt them and be willing to look at it with them. I write about this in my book that's coming out in the fall, but my mother made hundreds of mistakes, some really serious ones too that caused significant trauma for me. But we have a relationship still to this day because when I talk to her about it, she validates my experience, owns her part of the process, and apologizes when necessary. And honestly, at this point, I don't need a lot of apologies from her because she's expressed what she's learned and what she'd do differently enough times that I trust her. However, I have friends and loved ones whose parents continually gaslight them because they are so afraid of admitting where they have let their children down. And in doing so, they continue to create a large divide in the relationship where the child has to choose between their lived reality or a relationship with their parent, which no one should ever have to do. So be willing to hear where you could have done better. Believe your children and acknowledge what you would do differently if given the chance or do differently next time when you are. I know that it hurts to look at it. It may not line up with how you experienced it and it may make you feel so much shame that you want to turn away. Take some space if you need to, but please take the time to acknowledge the feedback, validate it, and reflect on what you could do differently. Your children will feel so safe and loved by this, I promise. Okay, friends, that's the end of our parenting episodes for our each individual types. Stay tuned, though, because we are doing an episode specifically around children in the Enneagram, which I cannot wait to do with you. As always, it is an absolute joy to create this content for you, and I will see you tomorrow for the next one. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically. 
which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.